0: Uh, one of the first people, one of the first checks we got in uh, was actually founder of GitHub. So I hopped on the call, I was in the bathroom, and, you know, then we, we went through
1: three 40-minute calls in the bathroom, and then we got a first check. Hey, and welcome to the Dorm Room Disruptors podcast, where we talk about the untold stories of college startup founders and the innovation that started between class and study break. I'm your host, Murad Akhuz, and joined by a special co-host today, Will Rush who is an entrepreneur and CEO at Jetson. Today on our episode, we have Eric Zhu as the star of the show, co-founder of Aviato. As always, is the case on Dorm Room Disruptors, what started as a student's idea would one day become funded by the founder of GitHub, 8VC, and the owners of the Sacramento Kings. And he is currently a general partner of the $20 million fund Bachmanity Capital at the age of 16. Eric's story is fascinating. As it picks up with Eric starting his journey by taking business pitching calls in the bathroom of his high school. Sharing his journey on social media led to him going viral and catching his first deal. So, Eric, currently, where are you uh, chatting with us today? It doesn't look like you're in the restroom. Damn, it's too hyped up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so
0: um yeah i'm in our office right now we're in uh we're in san francisco so we have uh, like nine full-time people now so we we just got an office here right across uh salesforce so it's been it's been fun that's awesome it's crazy because this year uh what, what the principal did was like every single 15 minutes they actually sent someone down to every single bathroom to check um if someone's taking a call in the restroom
1: so it's it's <laughs> crazy so did you kind of start like a revolution in your high school, like other people also following? No, I was only one. The principal was just pissed. <laughs> he, he hated me. <laughs> so, Eric, let's start from the very beginning. Um, what were some of your dreams and aspirations as a kid? What, like, did you always have an entrepreneurial spirit in you? Well, actually,
0: so uh, my mom wanted me to be a doctor, right? So that's, uh. uh my dad wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, surgeon my mom my mom wanted me to be like a, a you know plastic surgeon right so actually I never thought about building a company um initially it was just like oh like before it was like either be a doctor or be a lawyer right these are the only paths that you could really do um and yeah so that's that's how I initially started and then I don't know I don't know what happened and then it was during quarantine and then I uh, I started building companies met the right people at the right time and it was like oh you know this is a lot more interesting than being a doctor right I mean they're important but you know
2: What do you think was the biggest catalyst in that transition? Like when you think about, you know, like just having a parent that was pushing you into something that checks all their boxes and it's starting to think about how you actually check your own boxes. What was the biggest change?
0: Um, I guess the biggest change was just like meeting the right people, right? Because um, before you're like, wherever you're from, you're only like in this like very, very small environment, right? Where, you know, it's this really small community and, like you're only limited to, oh, seeing, okay, you know what, this is what's possible, right? And then once you, like, go outside and you meet a lot more people, quarantine kind of opened that up because during quarantine, everyone's online, right? Um, and sort of, like, through that, um, I guess, I, like, met the right people at the right time, met the right people, met a lot more people. It was like, whoa, you know, it's not just this small community where, you know, you could either be a doctor or be a lawyer, but instead, you could, you know, be a ton of different things, right? So that's, that's sort of like what, uh, I guess, I catalyzed it. And like, what, yeah, like, what sort of, like, opened my eyes? Oh.
1: That's super cool. So did you have uh, any like lashback from your parents once you started working on your own like business or like, what was it like their reaction? I think they still want me to be a doctor, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they know what you're doing now? Are they like familiar? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They know that I'm running a company, but if you asked them what I did, I don't think they would have told you.
1: So I love it. What was your first business idea or app and was it hard? And what were some of the things you learned from it? So the first thing that I
0: sort of like built, right. Was like uh, this cross-contamination uh, detection thing between like, oh, is this a recyclable or is this like a you know, non-recyclable, right? Horrible business, but it was, it was just my first project that I built and I was like, wow, you know, this is like super cool. Like you can actually build cool stuff, right? So um, I initially started like building nonprofits and that was like the majority of like, you know, my time was just like, oh, you know, I built hackathons, built, you know, built nonprofits, teach kids I could that's how like initially started it was like wow like you could build organizations on the internet right uh and then suddenly like i met you know i uh back then san francisco was like sort of like a discord server and i got into it and um, there were a lot of people building companies so I, I got my first job at one and then sort of like went on from there right like oh like oh you know what not only do people can build organizations like nonprofits on the internet but also you build companies on the internet right so that was like, uh, yeah, that was like when I, that was like sort of like the first few projects I built, so.
2: So you hopped in the Discord server and from that you got your first like true startup gig?
0: Um, yeah, I got my first job because, uh, yeah, like everyone's online back then, right? Because it was quarantine, like, you know, if you, you have this like perfect demographic, like, uh, the people are online were at, you know, either, uh, the, you know, the perfect demographic, right? The people that weren't online were either too old or too young and you had this like perfect... Age range where everyone had a computer um, and they didn't know, they have too much time and they don't know what to do with the time, right? This is like the first time they uh, they say, you no, know, you know, this is quarantine. I'm bored as hell, right? Um, and I sort of like leveraged that to a certain extent and got my first job and got a ton of opportunities to that.
2: When you were doing your nonprofit businesses, how did those go? Like was it clear early on that there wasn't an opportunity, or did you fail your way through it, like uh, every startup founder?
0: Actually, it went pretty well. So um, you know, we uh, we built one of the biggest, like uh, I guess, like nonprofit coding organizations out there. Uh, taught a lot of people how to code, and then actually one of the first people I met uh, was one of the sons of Elon Musk. So he, uh, so the the three triplets were were this called called in high school, right? And I was like. And, uh, that, you know, I trolled initially into hack club, which is a Slack channel. And then I got banned from there. And then that kind of got my way through, uh, this school called San in high school, uh, where they sort of like had this discord server. Right. Um, and yeah, like, you know, son of Elon was there and a ton of really, really smart people. So we actually ended up running a hackathon together. Um, and, you know, it was just sort of like nonprofit, but that was, that was fun. Uh, that was back in the day.
2: So he was actually, he was he was like co-founding that nonprofit that you did.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we, we co-founded it, so it was, it was fun. I see like this correlation of um, you taking these like silly risks that other people might like see as risky <laughs> or like um, not take you seriously, but it always seems to pay off, at least. I feel like to a certain
0: extent, uh, it's like sort of like taking disadvantage to advantage, right? And how you do it is, uh, you know, uh, when you make, so- when you... Uh, Sort of like when you have a problem, right? We don't take it seriously. No one else is going to take it seriously and they're going to just pass it by. We take it super seriously, right? Like, for example, if I was like 14, right, and I showed up to a pitch call and they're like, oh, you know what? Why are you 14? You know, you're going to be in school for most of the time, right? Like, why should I give you money, right? Versus like you showing up in the bathroom, which they're going to find it hilarious. And they'll be like, oh, you know what? You're in the bathroom. You know, this person's going to go through everything to, uh, go from a to b
2: breaking through barriers i love it
0: yeah and it's also like storytelling like how how can you tell a story really really well right like every everyone likes a good story and you know like the the things that you look at it's like you have this beginning right and then you have like this uh rising action that you you reach this exposition and you sort of like want to tell this like every like building a brand is really just storytelling right and if you have this rising action and you keep on going right leave people on a cliffhanger tell a story through it um that, you know, goes viral, right? So that's, that's like sort of how virality works is like when you like tell a story through something and then people are like, oh, you know what? This happens, uh, what else, right? And p- you get a lot of reactions, so.
2: How connected do you think your personal story is to the story of your businesses?
0: <laughs> um, I feel like a good extent is sort of like building, a, so personal brand helps with a company. Right. Just because, uh, for example, like, you know, if let's just say for, for example, Naval, right. If Naval builds at, every, at anything, right. People are going to notice that, um, uh, they he's probably going to build a social company just because he has a good amount of base of people. And it's pretty well connected. Right. Um, so like sort of a lot of serendipitous ha- things happen when you put yourself out there, when you put yourself on the internet, right. Uh, you know, when, when you make like a post or when you grow a big account, Uh, If you have like hundreds of thousands of followers, maybe like, you know, 100 or 200 people, they might be useful to you and they might, you know, help you along the journey, right? Or go like, oh, you know what, this person is worth it to me, right? Uh, And this is also like sort of like how you expedite your your network too, because a network at the end of the day helps a lot, especially when you're starting a company um, or when you're building anything, right?
1: Yeah, that is awesome. I love how you leveraged your storytelling with your personal brand to uh, grow your network. Um, I'm sure it started, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it started from basically you in a restroom. Um, and like, was that an idea that you thought would blow up? Was it kind of planned or um, uh, no, it just so happened out of nowhere? I actually started in the janitor's closet and like, I was like,
0: "Ha, huh, you know, and then I got kicked out because was like, you know, do shit elsewhere. Um, and yeah, so, so that's sort of like what happened. Um, I got kicked out of janitor's closet and I just went to the restroom after and, you know, took, I finished the call there. and was like, you know what? The bathroom is a safe place. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's sort of like when you go viral once, right? You're like, okay, how can I break down what made this go viral? Right. And if you could figure out how to replicate it over and over again, uh, because going viral is like really, um, going viral is really sort of like this, uh, you know, it's, it's very engineered, right? Virality is really engineered. Uh, you see all these meme accounts, and they go viral always, right? And that's because they understand content, and they also understand social media really well. Um, so there's like three things that go viral. It's like either something that's controversial, something that's funny, or something that's you know insane, right? If you can figure out how to nail all these together, uh, and tell us, and fit this in a story chart, right, and tell a story through it, right, that's uh, that's just what's make that's just what makes a good story. Uh, Never pay for press, right? Like that's that's something that, because no one's going to read, you know, a press release that's super boring, right? You can't say like, oh, you know, we just launched this feature. No one cares about that, right? You need something, you have to like, to like look at like this user psychology of, okay, what do people want to read? What do people want to see, right? And then A, B test, you know, what works and what doesn't work.
1: Let's talk about your first big check investment. What was it? Who was it from? And how did you land it?
0: Yeah, so initially I would like start, uh, I found, I wrote this web scraper where it's like, um, basically, you know, I realized, oh, people's uh, people's um, Twitter usernames correlates to the counties right? So if you put com slash, you know, EricZoo 105, right, that's my Calendly. Um, and a lot of people do that. So I basically did something where we were in a web scraper uh, where we put, you know, someone's cal- someone's username into like a Calendly URL and book meetings with them, automatically book meetings with them. So I ended up having like hundreds of meetings um with like all of these like reputable people. And uh, one of the first people, one of the first checks we got in uh was actually founder of GitHub. So I hopped on the call, I was in the bathroom, and you know, then we we went through three forty minute calls in the bathroom and then we got our first check.
2: So when you were on these calls, Eric, with all these these, you know, pretty big time people <laughs> that you landed a conversation with and they were confused how you even got the conversation. Where did the call go from there? I mean, did you jump right into your pitch about what you were trying to do?
0: Um, I feel like for fundraising, it's like uh, never pitch, right? Like storytell versus like uh, pitch, right? You want to build long-term relationships with long-term people. Um, so you sort of like start off with like, okay, you know what? Uh, I, don't know, I think I was like 13 back then. And it was like, okay, you know what? Hey, uh, this is this is what I've done before. Uh, this is like what I'm trying to build. Uh, you know, I just want to meet in general, Right. Usually, it's like you want to be the elephant in the room when you're raising money. It's like, oh, and and you guys raised, right? So you you, you probably know uh, you probably know this, but it's like, oh, you know, instead of like asking the other people for money, uh, they want to give you money, right? And and you're sort of like this elephant in the room, and you want them to you know uh, invest, right?
2: So yeah. What do you think about the thesis for the fund? How did you come up with the thesis?
0: Uh, so one of our main LPs, right? Uh, they are a very very big company in the us and they do a lot of uh, american dynamism and deep tech deals so uh, they were like oh you know what, what if we could see gen z perspectives right in in uh in uh defense policy ai etc it doesn't match at all but you know it was cool um but they wanted to see uh it's also something that i've been really interested in is like anything iron man like or deep tech right because i think. In like the next five to ten years, that's going to be where most of the fundamental technologies are going to be. Also, they evade hype cycles, right? And they're they're very capital intensive, but they're going to be um, sort of like life changing companies like the next ten years. Uh, so that's something I'm really interested. In. And then we also do like there's like three main uh, verticals that we go with our fund, right? American dynamism, defense, policy, et etc., AI, and then also enterprise software. So those are the those are the three uh, verticals we we go for. So.
2: Amazing, and and when did the fund start deploying capital? Uh, we started deploying last year. So yeah, okay. When when you take that back to the the product that you're building, I mean, how how in conjunction are they with each other? Are the same people that are working on your product also using that to identify good investment opportunities?
0: Um, different. So our product, we work with a lot of really big funds, right? Um, to give them data. So we're, we're this massive data engine, right? One, we use it for a fund to detect quant signals, right? Turner, these I think VC is going to be very efficient in like the next five to ten years, right? Uh, or it's going to change a lot just because uh, there's so many uh, processes that you could be automated, right? Especially with how much data is out there on private companies, um, you could definitely build really large models, right, to predict um, how to find really good companies. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's how in conjunction it is with the fund. Uh, we have different people working on it. So I co I started the fund with Christian, um, and, you know, he, that's, that's been working really well. And then, uh, for, for, for the company, uh, started with, uh, two other people. So one of them, uh, he sold my CEO, he sold his last company to experience for 380 million. and He was one of the first lending tree. Uh, he's older than my parents, which is crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, then also I have a CTO. Uh, he managed one of the biggest open source libraries out there. And he was one of the first employees at uh, Z, uh, which is this uh, infrastructure company, right? And they just uh, raised a good amount for Sequoia, So it's fun.
1: For um, Aviato and your fund, do you, do you have like friends around your age who work with you or anyone like around the same age?
0: So actually, I, I hired this kid. Um, we, we we were uh, if you like look at all the bathroom pictures he's he's like always with me uh, but he was from my school and he was known as his hacker kid in school he acted great system back in middle school and I was like shit you're like really smart come work for us um, so yeah uh, we uh, yeah we're we're in all the bathroom pictures so. um, but he's the he's uh, he's seventeen so he's I think he's one of the youngest
2: yeah. do do you think there's a correlation between having um, now you've run a company and now a fund, and you're still in high school. Do you think that people don't take high schoolers seriously enough when it comes to business, or do you think that there's actually an asset in your age?
0: I think majority of businesses that's built by high schoolers are built by college students, or specifically this Gen Z niche, right? Are usually really bad, um, and that's because most of them are really broad level and also uh, very top of the surface, right? Most of them are building social media apps and consumer. Um, I I would say investing uh, in building a fund based on a Gen Z thesis is a very, very bad idea, right? Um, But with that in mind, I feel like there's a lot of legitimate people that are building companies, um, especially in high school and in college. I feel like it's gonna be very, very rare though, but it's going to be upcoming, right? There's gonna be a lot of younger people that's gonna be building companies and really, really good companies. I feel like the the age is going down just because the internet pretty much democratized most of the resources. You have like the best resources out there, like Y carbonate, et cetera. Um, I don't think age should be a factor when you're counting into due diligence or when you're talking to someone. Um, It's more about competency, right? Like if you're competent enough to build a company and if you're competent enough to um, sell your vision and also, uh, lead a team, right. That's what I would look for less than age. And I feel like people would realize that it's, it's more of like competency versus age. Um, you know, they're, uh, they're going to treat you the minute they're they're probably when it comes to like, uh, supporting you and advising you, right. They're going to treat you as a kid. They're like, Oh, you know what, uh, this is this fun. But when, when it comes to investing, um, they're going to see, okay, you know what, when it comes to monetary results, right. Because they're going to have to fulfill their duties of their LPs. They're going to be like, okay, can this person build a billion dollar company? Right. If the answer is no. Right. Then you're probably not going to get funded. Uh, but it just depends on what kind of business you're building. What kind of vertical you're building. Right. Um, you can't just build another social media platform and expect, you know, that to, unless it goes viral, right. You can't build another social media platform expecting to, to sort of like get funded, right. Without much. Uh, prior experience and and it's uh, a this isn't my first company so I, I sold my last company and then I was uh, founding team I was about like fourth employee in a company that sold for about uh, seven figures and they were, they were building a climate credit card right so um, I guess it's more of like seeing the you know the the stuff from before even though it's like I'm super green to the industry still right I'm super new um, there's still a lot of stuff to learn right and I feel like um,
2: I guess like yeah co- competency over age is going to be the main thing what's your belief about the future of work with artificial work. intelligence and everything happening and you think it's going to change things dramatically do you think that what? if you know you were talking to another high school right now about getting a job in corporate america you'd have different advice for them than maybe 10 years ago uh damn, 10 years ago i was like six years old uh
0: <laughs> yeah. so um i i think Good. I think the hype cycle is pretty much dying, right? There's only two kinds of AI companies that's going to work out. One is, and you know, you sort of have this like middle market remove, which is these wrappers, right? You have two sort of companies, right? That's that's going to spin out. One is going to be the underlying fundamental infrastructure, right? Foundation models, et cetera, uh, where you're building, you know, and and this is very expensive too, right? Which is uh, you're consuming a lot of GPUs and you're training your own data sets and you're building your own models, Right. Um, so you have this, this, this it's definitely going to make a lot of things easier. Like I use LLMs a lot, right? Even in our product, it saves a lot of time. They're really good for classification, et cetera. So it's either like you're building actual infrastructure, right? Like OpenAI, NVIDIA, um, Anthropic, etc. cetera, right? Those are the people that's building infrastructure companies. And then you have all these people that are building, um, I, I don't think AI by itself should be a product unless you're building fund, foundation models or infrastructure. I think that, uh, AI, if you're building a company should be sort of like a feature. Um, it shouldn't be your main product where you're building a model or you're, 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 you're building a model, even though there's some companies that's going to work out, like for example, Harvey, right? Where they're legal software for AI. There's some companies that's going to work out, um, that is, uh, this wrapper based on open AI models. Uh, but I don't think it should be the main feature. I think it should be a lot of companies should implement it as a part of their future, right? I, either using it as classification, curation, you know, chat support. These are great use cases of how AI can help, right? And then there's two up the AGI, so.
2: Do you think there'll be more entrepreneurs in the future?
0: Um, I think it's going to be a good amount of distribution of entrepreneurs and workers. I don't think... Uh, because you're gonna have a problem. It's chicken and egg, right? You have too many entrepreneurs. You don't have enough uh, workers. You know, there's there's a there's a gap in the market, right? I feel like it's more employment cycles and also economic cycles. Um, so because it, in a it, it's sort of like supply and demand when it comes to like a you know capitalistic um economy, right? Where it, it just depends on yeah, it just depends on specific cycles. Um, but it, it's it's sort of like this curve, right? You're, and it kind of balances out because, uh, if you have too many worker, if you have too many workers, uh, but not enough, uh, employers, right? Then, you know, there's going to be more companies that's going to be built, right? And there's, less less workers, too many employers, then there's going to be less companies that's going to be built, right? So, uh, it's sort of going to balance out, um, long term. I definitely do say that there's going to be more features. Uh, there's going to be more. Um, companies built. I feel like uh, the thing is with job trends, right? Um, where it's headed is kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of people are trying to be influencers and creators just because that's most of the content that people consume, right? Um, so it's gonna be interesting how it's gonna end up in like the next five, ten
1: years. So um, mm-hmm. um, I wanna see. Hundred um, percent. So going, I guess, back to um, you know, being a founder, being on a leader of a fund. How do you manage to juggle school now with all these businesses going at the same time? I can't say this on camera, but I think I said this <laughs> off camera. Uh, <laughs>
0: but, uh, but yeah, you know, I work work very, for for if teachers are watching this, I work very hard on homework every single day. Actually, Chinese is my lowest grade right now. So if, uh, if, if someone could get my Chinese, it was just sad. Chinese is my first language. Like I, I didn't know how to speak English until I was like, third grade and then now now Chinese my lowest grade right now um so yeah if if uh yeah uh, working very hard in school pulling uh eight hours a day in school
1: yeah that's amazing that's good to hear Um, (laughs) what makes you excited to work on your business every day has it changed over time I guess it changed
0: over time like no business starts off with the same initial idea right um but it's mainly the problems that you solve um I think a lot of this stuff is very interesting, um, especially when you're dealing with a lot of data. Uh, these are hard problems to solve, but very, uh, I guess, like research oriented. Um, and then also like the people I get to work with is uh, is pretty nice, especially when you're like growing your team, you get to see, like, see this, being a founder is like the, most people only see like the, maybe 1% of things that happen, um, but most people don't see the underlying stuff, right? Being a founder is a pretty hard job. So uh, yeah, like and I'm sure you guys know, right? Uh, so yeah, it's like one day you think your company's gonna work out. Next day, you're coming, you think your company's gonna fail. It's just like this, this uh, this ongoing cycle. Um, so it's kind of interesting, like working with people, um, building your team, um, and just dealing with problems, right? So,
2: Eric, let's let's end off with if you were talking to a fellow high school student right now that's curious about entrepreneurship, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them?
0: I'd say don't focus on money, especially when you're very young. Uh, do everything that advances your career because if you focus on money too early, right, um, it's going to be bad for you long-term just because your career is probably, if you're 16 now, your career is probably going to be maybe uh, next 30, 40 years, right? And you can't have this be the peak of, you know, what you've done. So I'd say work your way up. um, And and there's so many different ways that you could do this. Like building a company isn't like the only way, right? You could uh, be an influencer. You could... Do pretty much whatever. Um, And I'd say just like focus is going to be the main thing. Uh, Focus on one thing and do one thing really well. (laughs) And if you're going to start a company, um, I'd say just work at a company first. Get your experience. Work at at something that you're interested in, right? When you're young and you're, let's just say you get a job at OpenAI, right? That's going to be a lot more, uh, that's going to help you a lot more in your career than just starting a company right off the bat. Um, And you get to see how a good company is run, how a good company is operated. Grow your network and then build your own company eventually. But yeah, I think that's the main thing.